This isn't for your eyes. another episode of the Groovy Goonies podcast. As always, I'm Reese Griffiths, and with me is David White. Hi. So this week, we're going to have a little chinwag about a relatively well-known horror author, Mr. Stephen King. Uh, specifically, this week, we're going to focus on the movies, and next week, we're going to sort of delve into the books. Uh, a bit of sort of background information about Mr. King himself, his, his full name, and I didn't know this, you had to know if you know who this, <laughs> right. is Stephen Edwin King. Edwin, I Edwin. Didn't know that, no. <laughs> no. So I wonder why he keeps that off the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was born in September 21st, 1974. Uh, apparently, he sold over 350 million books worldwide, which is That's, pretty yeah. impressive a figure. Yeah. He's written 54 novels, including seven under the name of Richard Bachman. Uh, he wrote as Bachman, basically, to see if his books would sell as well. Yeah, um, I think I read that. Yeah, yeah sort of. Uh, he was obviously doing reasonably well for himself. He's wondering if it was all in the name, so he decided, oh, fuck it, I'm going to put these books out as Bachman and see mm. if they sell as well. And I they, think they did. Evidently did. Yeah, because doesn't he write Carrie under Richard Bachman? No, I think Bachman books are um, thinner, Running Man. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Because Carrie was his first Carrie book, wasn't under yeah. Stephen King, that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the interesting things is that he can't remember writing a number of books from the 80s, apparently. This includes Tommy Knockers, yeah. which is fucking huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like almost a thousand pages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can't remember it, apparently. Yeah. And Cujo. And this was due to uh, alcohol and drug issues. I was going to say, it's a cocaine-fueled nightmare problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How can you write something like Tommy Knockers? <laughs> you, have you read Tommy Knockers? Uh, no, I haven't. I've seen the miniseries they did. Right. But I've not read the book. Yeah, it, it was quite... I quite enjoyed Tommy Knockers, but we'll save the book for next week. Mm. But it's a big book. <laughs> <laughs> so to write it, it must have taken weeks, months... Possibly oh, even most most of the year. Yes, yeah, <laughs> he must have been off his tits for the best part of the year. We all had years like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's uh, won over fifty awards for his books, 
A total of 69 movies have been made or are in production based off of... 69. 69. Wow. I, this is at the time of me stealing all this information from Wikipedia, <laughs> so feel <laughs> free to check Wikipedia to see if it's changed it's at the all. It's the most reliable source of information. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, 69 movies made or in production based off his books and short wow. stories, which, again, that's pretty impressive yeah, like, it's from a body of work. Absolutely. <clears throat> also, there have been... 30 TV series slash TV movies, TV miniseries, like you mentioned, the Tommy Knockers. Yeah. There's a stand TV series, the Shining TV, made yeah. for TV series. You've got the original Ed films made for TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things I did find out while I was delving into some Stephen King history, and I say delve into, basically I opened up Wikipedia and then tried to Google interesting Stephen King facts. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them that come up is um, a book that he wrote one of his earliest I think it was the first thing he actually wrote but he sort of shelved it for a while um, was Rage which was about a high school student who held his classmates at gunpoint right. oh yeah it was the first Batman book actually thinking about it but um, after several school shootings and hostage situations where the book was found to have been read by and possibly used as inspiration Stephen King himself not the publishers Stephen King himself yeah. had it pulled yeah. from publication so it's a pull from print mm. so obviously you can imagine that's quite a selfless if you look at it in terms of this is the way he makes money he makes money through selling books yeah. but because this book has been associated with these school shootings and he wants absolutely nothing to do with it mm. he himself has put forward that the book be pulled from print so now it's one of the super rare ones that costs fucking thousands of pounds um, to buy. Then again, you say like it's like almost a selfless thing, but then I don't think of it like that because he's protecting his brand essentially. Yeah. You know, if he were to put that book out, then yeah. the negative publicity could have an adverse effect on his entire career. You know? Yeah, I thought about it like that. I thought of him more as a I don't know. I like to think everybody's a nice guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> more of a cynic, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm renowned for thinking everybody's a nice guy. <laughs> no, everybody's bastard. <laughs> So yeah, onto the Stephen King movies. Yeah. Um, in terms of Stephen King movies, what was your first sort of introduction to Stephen King movie? Probably the '90s It miniseries. Nice. Because obviously I'd read the book, and I'm pretty sure I hadn't seen any of the films up until that point. But I'd read the book, loved it, and I think I was around 14 at the time. And so then, obviously, I went looking for this miniseries because I knew it existed. It was okay. Obviously, the book is much better, but we won't go into that in this episode. But what do you think of that? Have you seen it? Yeah, it's a two-part made-for-movie, made-for-TV movie. Yeah, yeah, it? Tim Curry yeah. was it. Yeah, and he did a cracking job. He does. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was... It's difficult because, um, again, doing a bit of research for the podcast, come across various you know, sources of information saying that because it's a t- made-for-TV movie... Yeah. There were a lot more restrictions on what they could and could do. Yeah. And there were budget restraints because it's not a blockbuster movie, it's a TV movie. So the budget's got to be, in comparison, it's got to be ridiculously small. Yeah. But I think what they managed to achieve with what they had, because I didn't watch it for a long time, but I remember hearing about it. And a lot of people that were, you know, when you were talking about, oh, what are you scared of? It was clowns, yeah. and it was because of Pennywise. Pennywise was yeah, he was he was the killer clown. But, yeah. yeah, so that was and like I don't even know if these people had seen the movie because you know you can't take the word of children. They they yeah. often fucking lies. I had seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space before it. I fucking so. love Killer Clowns from Outer <laughs> Space. We'll have to do an episode <laughs> yeah. simply on Killer Clowns. 
Um, yeah, no. Um, so that was the first the first that I come across it was other people talking about it. And when I eventually got around to watching it, I think it would have been... Because for me, I didn't get into Stephen King. Like you mentioned, you'd already read it. So you were obviously into Stephen King before you'd watched the movies. Yeah. For me, myself, I remember watching several of the movies. I got into reading relatively late. Um, so I did, I'd seen several of his movies before I read the book. Okay. Um, so it was one of those ones that I eventually got round to when I got old enough to rent stuff of my own. I picked it up. Yeah. Um, I think it was made early 90s. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, by the time I got around to watching it, it looked a bit dated. Yeah. yeah. It didn't yeah, really yeah. have the same impact it probably would have had if I'd watched it when it was released. And, yeah. You know, but um, I remember Tim Curry, creepy as shit. Yeah. Excellent job. I yeah, really enjoyed it. Just this over-the-top character. It's one of those tricky things where you get a character, um, especially for somebody that originally plays a character. So in this case, Tim Curry is the first vision of it that we've seen on the screen. Yeah. People automatically jump to he is Pennywise. Yeah. <clears throat> which is one of the things about the new it. For me, Skarsgård is a much better Pennywise Absolutely, than yeah. New It. But it's the same with, you get people, or oh, I find, you know, they, um, for example, you've got the whole Heath Ledger's the Joker thing. Everybody, yeah. I think I knew, was all like, Heath Ledger's the Joker, he's going to be shit. Yeah. He was amazing. Yeah, and, I, oh, was, I, like, I was in that camp. Yeah, I, mean, I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this guy from Night's Tale doing, <laughs> playing the Joker? Yeah. Um, but then you've also got um, Hannibal Lecter and Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. And somebody else, I can't remember his name, it skips my memory, played him in the original Manhunter movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then Anthony Hopkins was in Silence of the Lambs, and then subsequently yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Hannibal, yeah. But then Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. I'm not sure if we've covered this before in another episode. But yeah, for me, Mads Mikkelsen is now Hannibal. Oh, absolutely. He's, He's incredible. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the Stephen King movies, um, for myself, like I said, it took me a while to get into the books. Yeah. So. Um, I was big into horror, but not so much reading, because reading was for nerds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've jumped ship now. I'm, I'm yeah. all on the book train. Fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was films, horror movies. I fucking loved horror movies. Wherever I could get my hands on, I would watch. Yeah. I remember for Christmas being bought Cujo, um, and it was Stephen King's Cujo. Yeah. I watched Cujo, and Cujo, for those of you who don't know, is about a St. Bernard dog, which is those big, huge, fucking hairy dogs that they have doing mountain rescue. Beethoven. Yeah, Beethoven. Out of Beethoven, exactly. Beethoven. Why didn't I think of fucking Beethoven? Out of Beethoven. It's the big fucking dog from Beethoven. If you don't know what the big dog from Beethoven is, Google big dog Beethoven. Um, but yeah, it's the big dog out of Beethoven. It's, well, I don't know if it's the exact same dog. But whatever. <laughs> lose track. It's probably not. No. I don't know. How many big <laughs> like, fucking dogs yeah. there are, yeah. yeah Actors in Hollywood. I should yeah. I don't know if he's got his own IMDB page. I've got to check, but I don't think he has. Because oh maybe that's it. We could totally start up with an animal IMDB. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey from um, I don't know, Dustin breaks in or whatever the fuck it is. The chimps. There's loads of monkeys in different films. It'd be cool to see what other films they've been in anyway, we're getting fucking sidetracked. <laughs> it sounds like a job with not much prospect for making money. Making money, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably a complete and utter colossal waste of time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this big huge St. Bernard dog, and he contracts rabies and basically turns feral and, you know, eating people. And I remember it being, it was one of the first horror movies I watched where 
it was a plausible situation. It wasn't like, oh, some creepy monster. Supernatural force. Yeah, you know, people haven't seen and, you know, no vampires. I mean, you know, I like all that stuff. But I think the horror stuff that really resonates with me personally is the stuff where it could happen because it plays so much more on like real fears yeah. yeah so you know you see a dog walking down the street and it's a big thing and it's dribbling drooling it's like ooh it's a scary dog you know it, yeah. it might it might bite you it might be trapped in a car but yeah it's fucking scary shit yeah. but um yeah so for me Cujo was the first one I come across and because it impressed me as a film I paid a bit more attention to it being Stephen King's Cujo yeah and sort of started jumping on the Stephen King train and it was all Stephen King and George Romero's Creep Show, so I think that was one of the other things I watched. Yeah. Have you seen Creep Show? I did start watching it the other day, but I don't think I finished it. <laughs> um, Not like you, or just tired? No, just to give a bit of a backstory, I recently started a new job and I start at 4am, so I've been starting to watch films and then falling asleep about 10 minutes in, <laughs> because I have to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so... <laughs> so very tired recording this right now. <laughs> I can imagine. But uh, yeah, so I started watching Creepshow. I got about halfway through and I fell asleep. I quite like Creepshow because it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. Um, sort of an anthology thing where there's a series of stories, some of which were written specifically for Creepshow. Some of them are taken from some of Stephen King's short stories. Yeah. Um, but being a George Romero fan as well, the two of them collaborating and Tom Savini on special effects. So I was yeah, well all on board. All, all on board. Yeah. Um, any other particular Stephen King movie adaptation that you really enjoyed? Pet Sematary is a great one. I like Pet. I only recently watched Pet Sematary for the first time. Yeah. Did you watch it first time recently, or have you seen it before? I'd seen it before, but not for at least ten years. So I watched it again the other day. That guy, man, the guy who plays Hero Master. I can't remember his name, <laughs> but he makes that film. He's fat. he's incredible. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Pet Sematary. I picked up on. Blu-ray because I made the jump to Blu-ray years ago because that's the way I am I'm a bit obsessive about it doesn't matter that I had hundreds of DVDs there's a new format out I'm I'm on it Um, but yeah I started picking up some of the Stephen King movies and the region free imports I've never seen Salem's Lot Salem's Lot or Pet Cemetery. Yeah. We'll get back to Salem's Lot. <laughs> so I bought Pet Cemetery. Um yeah, and so I only recently watched it recently. Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn. That's the guy's name, plays Herman Monster and Jed in Pet <laughs> But yeah, um I really enjoyed. Did you read Pet Cemetery? I did. Um it's actually one of the first ones I read. Um I was randomly just found it in my in my parent in my grandparents' house. <laughs> nice. I was just staying over the weekend looking for something to do something to read something to watch and I found Pet Sematary just lying amongst their books and yeah check this out (laughs) (laughs) anything in particular that drew you to it or just the title in my parents house I grew up in basically a library the books everywhere which is why my parents now run a second hand bookshop (laughs) setting off half half (laughs) home yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) if you happen to be in the Aberdeen yeah yeah. literally nobody is (laughs) Uh, so Stephen King was all, I always sort of saw Stephen King on the bookshelves and things like that um, I'd seen Stephen King and he was sort of I was into horror you know so I saw they had a Stephen King book as well so that's the first one I picked up because for me um, going back to my previous comment about what drew you to the book yeah. he's had a lot of interesting book covers over the years yeah some yeah. of the older stuff yeah. I can't remember the Pet Sematary cover oh the one I've got is just yeah it's just that sort of title thing and yeah, some yeah. bits and pieces on the front but um, 
it's one of the things I quite like about the older books. The artwork is something something else. Yeah, yeah. But yes, so Pet Cemetery. I think one of the things that drew me to it was they hadn't spelled cemetery correctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know? that was what's going on here. Yeah, I know. There's a spell wrong. Yeah. Fucking stupid this book. Well, terrible. <laughs> but Stephen King selling millions of copies of books. Yeah. He can't fucking spell cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> How did you feel it transferred from the book to the film? Very well. Really well. Going from the film to the book, I mean, I think it's such a strong story that you can't really fuck it up, you know? Yeah, it's very and hard like, to go wrong with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's such a sort of straight story as well, almost. It's not like, there's not sort of a million different plot points. It's just this creepy cemetery. You bury something in there, comes back to life, comes and kills people. You know, it's pretty much cut and dry. And the book's great. I I haven't read the book in years, obviously. But I, I'm pretty sure they didn't miss all that much out of the film. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've read the book. That was part of the problem with sort of watching some of these films. You forget, like I said, um, It, I watched it. Must have been, you know, early 2000s. So it would, you know, it was almost 10 years old probably by the time I watched it. Yeah. But I read the book then after that. Mm. So a lot of the film imagery was already in my head when I was reading the book, yeah, which yeah. is why I've got a personal preference for sort of reading the book first before watching uh, yeah, the film. Yeah, yeah. Kind of preconceptions what yeah. look like things like that because you can stick as close as you want to the source material mm. but the the whole thing about when you're reading the book is that you yourself picture you create a picture based on yeah. the words yeah. so um for example the opening line to the dark tower the man in black fred fled fred <coughs> <laughs> the man in black fled across the desert yeah. and the gunslinger followed after or whatever it's something like that yeah you you in that sentence would have created your own image yeah, that's different to mine. Yeah, so yeah. the whole, it's difficult when you're watching a film because you're watching somebody else's vision of the source of the material. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that there's a lot of the sort of um, Stephen King movies where they try and keep it very close to the source material yeah. and like they, they try and keep scenes and bits very accurate. Yeah. Um, there are certain things that get cut for various reasons. Yeah. But I think this pays homage to sort of pay his homage. I think this does something for Stephen King's ability to write. What the fuck is the word I'm looking for? This is a credit. This is sort of a credit to Stephen King's writing ability because yeah. obviously he can paint picture yeah. relatively well. Fucking... Fuck <laughs> 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 Good! <laughs> right, we will be pet cemetery. Yeah. Um, um, you are right. I mean, I think that if I'd read it after watching the film, I, th- I would have pictured it as Tim Curry. I would have pictured the characters as they appeared in the yeah. miniseries. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I read the book before because I think I would have had a much different experience. I, I don't think I, I might not have liked it as much as I do. Yeah. yeah. Which, interestingly enough, brings me to The Dark Tower because you recently watched The Dark Tower, as have I. Yeah. How many did you read the complete Dark Tower series? I, I didn't finish it. I think I'm two books away from finishing it. Right. Like, I used to... Every Christmas, my grandparents would buy me a Stephen King book because they knew I was a fan. Yeah. But what they didn't know was that the Dark Tower series was an actual series. So they buy me. I think they bought me the fifth one after I'd read The Gunslinger, and then the next year, then they bought me sort of the fifth one, uh, the fourth one, <laughs> and then the next year it was like the third one. So I read them sort of completely out of whack. Scattered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it came together really well, you know. And I, I've read the first five or six, or however many it is, but um, I haven't finished it. Because in terms of the film, you didn't get on with the film very no, well. No, you found some 
if I'd known before I went into the film that it wasn't going to be, it was going to be a complete retelling of the story, then my opinion might be a little, little different. But because I went into it thinking, right, this is going to be the gunslinger, or it's going to be, a, a, it's going to be the complete story, maybe to cut down to one film, which would pretty much be impossible. Less than an hour and a half, I think it's like eighty-six minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eight bucks and eight minutes. Yeah, eight bucks and eighty-six minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's a completely impossible task. But I didn't get along with it because I. I had expectations that were higher than the film could achieve. I've been really excited for The Dark Tower. Um, I think it's one of the best series ever written. Mm. It's up there, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. It is. It does have its flaws. It's not without its niggly bits. Yeah. But as a whole, I think it's a great story yeah. arc. It's yeah. a great story. Um, <clears throat> so when they announced the film, the film's in like being in post-production and post-production, not post-production, Development, development hell, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. The film's been in like development hell for years. There's been talks of making a Dark Tower film. And before they started filming this, there was talks of tying it up with a TV series. Yeah. As the books go, you've got the main storyline, and then some of the books, there is a story within the story. So Roland, who is the gunslinger, stops and he's telling a story about his past. So it's him as a young gunslinger. Yeah. So the idea, I believe was that they were going to release a movie and then a TV series. So the film would tie up with the main story arc yeah. and where the film ends, where they sit down to have their little chat, the TV series would pick up yeah. and you would cut to you know young Roland. So it wouldn't be a case of you had clashing actor schedules and all this stuff. It would be a completely different set of people acting in it. Mm. But I thought that was a genius idea. That's never been done before, yeah. I don't think, he says with... It may have been, but I mean, if it was, if it were that... If, if it were done that well, then we'd know about it. Yeah. yeah. It would be something that would be after. So you've got, you go in, you watch the film, you come out, you know, the TV series is waiting for you. Mm. But you haven't got to watch one to watch the other because they're separate entities at the same time. Yeah. So the whole TV series could be watched as a standalone thing. You wouldn't have to watch the Gunslinger films to, like, tie up. I thought that was yeah. genius. Yeah. And why it never happened, I don't know. But when I went into watching The Dark Tower, um, I had very low expectations. I checked all the reviews because I was super excited. I was on all the news, all the images, or oh, used the first pictures of, you know, Matthew McConaughey as the man in black. Ah, it was great like, casting. Oh. The film did have great casting. Matthew McConaughey as the, as the man in black. Great he's got a lot of stick for it, like being really shit. And I don't understand. Because he's like, he's just really spot on. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't give a fuck. He plays a really good villain. He hasn't got any time for like fannying about. He's yeah. down to business. It's all business. Yeah. So like, oh, he doesn't get a chance to like, you know, shine or deliver any particularly good lines. Well, yes, yeah, because he's like on a mission. He's yeah. doing something. He's not like, <laughs> he hasn't got like a speech to give. He's not yeah, giving yeah. a morale boost to the men. Yeah. He's got a tower to destroy. He's not like sort of giving monologues to thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went in with relatively low expectations. Um, and I come away actually quite enjoying it. I didn't hate it. I think they tried to cram a lot in. They rejiggled a lot of stuff. They did. Um, I mean... I think one of my biggest bugbears with it is that so they've set up to be alternate timelines or like a loop, a constant loop of the Dark Tower and I come back to it with Roland and the kids, Jake, Jake, that's one. Um, but I don't think they explained that very well. Yeah, I'm not sure. <clears throat> Obviously, the idea of the continuous loop timeline might be too much for people to sort of understand if they haven't read the books. Yeah, because yeah. I can imagine. 
like I said myself, I was never really into reading for a long time. So they, they have to kind of treat the film as a standalone thing. Yeah. And I think they need to try and get across a certain amount of information. Mm. And I think they do it reasonably well, you know, the other worlds, and they try and explain about, you know, you're traveling to other places, yeah. and, you know, and the tower holds up all these different places. And I think yeah. they cover the sort of basics, but there is a lot more to it and a lot more to go into. Yeah. But I think they've tried to keep it minimalist so it's not to overcomplicate it for people. Yeah. I think if they make more films, I don't think it was very well received. I don't think it's done very well at the no, box office either, so it might be a case of it's dropped. Yeah. But um, I think the more films they go into, the more chance they'll have of covering more of the lore and more of the you know general science behind it. Yeah. But one of the things that I do remember about the Dark Tower trailer um, that really pissed me off, yeah. but actually I was surprised in the film that it wasn't as prominent. You've got Roland is essentially like a, the gunslinger, the last of the line of Eld. Yeah. He's basically a badass with a fucking gun. He can shoot the bollocks off a gnat from fucking six miles away, right? He's got fucking mad skills. And then in the trailer, he's like, yeah, oh, sorry, in the books, they're talking about, you know, he's got these super fast hands just reloading his guns. He's got like a six shooter, so it's a barrel, you know, and shooting the bullets in, the bullets out. Yeah. And he's super fast hands, you know, reload in super quick and yeah, all that shit. You know, yeah, I know you mean. And in the trailer, yeah. there's a clip where he's like throwing up spare yeah, barrels yeah, yeah. and like catching them. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's like, oh, fuck off. That's not fucking fast hands. Yeah. But then when you're watching a film, you see him like reloading the guns by hand. And I was like, yes, yeah. yes, that's fucking gunslinging. Yeah. <laughs> so outside of the Dark Tower, uh, recent releases, we've had it. We covered that in the recent recent in the first introductory podcast episode which yeah. if you haven't listened to feel free to go listen to but yeah. you know don't force yourself we are kind of bad <laughs> um other new releases anything other new releases <clears throat> did you watch any of the netflix ones they've recently netflix have had a binge on the 1922 and gerald's, gerald's game. game yeah i've not watched any of those i want to watch 1922 i don't know why i haven't yet it's on my list to watch definitely i recently read full dark no stars which is 1922 is one of the short stories in that. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm familiar with it, but I haven't watched the film. But I did try watching Gerald's Game, yeah. and for no fault of its own, but the wife was all, I'm going to go to work. Okay. And the kids were upstairs, and she's taking the baby with her. Yeah. So I've got a daughter who's six, and a son who's four. So they're upstairs watching telly or playing or whatever. I said, I'll put some movie on, right? Okay, I'll do some movie research for this podcast. Yeah. So put Gerald's game on go on so Gerald's game if you're not familiar with the premise there's a couple that are having some difficulties with their relationship they go to a special cabin they've got a holiday home in the woods somewhere and decide to try and you know rekindle things and get their kink on a little bit the guy likes to the husband I can't remember his name Gerald obviously because it's fucking Gerald's <laughs> game <laughs> Gerald decides he wants to bring some handcuffs into the kink and ends up cuffing her to the bed. Something happens, they're giving too much away, and she ends up strapped to this bed, stuck, can't get off. Yeah. So I read the book, I enjoyed the book, and I was looking forward to watching the film. So of course I've sat down, put it on, turned it on, sat there watching it. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, oh yeah, no, that looks good. Yeah. And he ties her to the bed. Ooh, it's getting straight to it. It's not fucking around, straight yeah. to it. And then my daughter comes downstairs. <laughs> Right, pause. What do you want? You oh, are something to eat. Right, yeah, okay, go and sort out something to eat. Right, go and go upstairs. What are you watching? It's not for you. What are you watching? It's a film. Why is she tied to a bed? 
Alright, fuck it, turn it off. <laughs> uh, they're just playing games. <laughs> so I watched about, I don't know, 40 minutes of it, <laughs> and then I had to leave it. It was just too too much explaining. Do you have a preference for the more recent films or the older ones? Um, I mean, that's the trouble. I mean, some of them haven't aged well, like we talked about earlier with it. Um, I think Pet Cemetery aged quite well, is it? Yeah, I watched Pet Cemetery on Blu-ray and they looked really good. The effects hold up. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was quite impressed. Mm. I like watching the old films. I'm mm. not a special effects in terms of CGI effects kind of guy. I mm. like my visual effects yeah. to be makeup special. Um, and there's some really good effects in Pet Cemetery actually. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure who did the makeup on there. I'll have to double check. But yeah, um, so a lot of the Stephen King stuff it's made with proper effects, so it, yeah. they, they like, like those, they hold a special, <laughs> it's, it's a ghosty, ghouly story full of yeah. really bad effects, yeah. well not necessarily bad effects, but you know, they, some of them haven't aged well at all, yeah. but, so for me, I, yeah, I definitely got a preference of some of the older stuff, mm. but like I said, something hasn't aged well, and I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, I mean, as far as the newer stuff goes, it, I think, nailed it. And I'm really, really hyped for the next one. You know, yeah, part two. Yeah, yeah. I think going back to the previous comment about like the older versus the newer ones, I think back in the day, although like horror movies had, there was a market for it. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that market's definitely expanding. So the the horror seems to be making a big splash at the moment. Yeah. You got it grossed however many hundreds of millions. Yeah, that did exceptionally well. So there's bound to be. Well, yeah, if you check Wikipedia, you can find a list of all up-and-coming in-production Stephen King movies. Yeah, yeah, there's a few. Um, that's the thing, I mean, during like, sort of the 80s and early 90s, I think there was a sort of um, a Stephen King boom, if you will, you know, um, where they were just making films of based on his books, handled yeah. with this, and just trying to pump up as many as they could. Some yeah. of them didn't turn out so well, some of them were pretty good. When you're selling 350 million copies of your books, yeah. there's no way people are not going to jump yeah, on the exactly. Let's Make a Movie bandwagon. Yeah, totally, yeah. I think then it sort of fell by the wayside for a while, but I think now there's more of a resurgence of Stephen King um, adaptations coming out. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there was a lot of naff movies. Yeah, they were a few stinkers, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I tried going back and watching several older Stephen King yeah, movies. Should we get into the stinkers in a bit? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's go. Let's end, let's end on the stinkers and let's yeah. go through the Stephen King movies that we do have a particular fondness for okay. if you had to pick uh, let's do three each so we keep it relatively short right. three good movies Not Stephen King ones including the ones we've already mentioned yeah for the sake of everybody else the ones we've already mentioned on the introductory podcast episode mm. or this one this is so let's cover the top three Stephen King movies the good okay. ones well, um, any ones even if they'd be mentioned today we'll, okay. just, we'll just cover right do you want to do yours first? Okay. Um, so yeah, I think Cujo holds a special place. Okay. Um, it still holds up really well, I think. Still looks really good. Um, first one I watched. Not available on Blu-ray in the UK yet, so if anybody's listening that can sort that out, do that. Yeah. Um, oh, favourites. I really enjoyed the new It. But I'm not going to pick that one because it's a bit of a cop out because everybody enjoyed the new it, or most yeah. people enjoyed the new it. Yeah. Um, I watched one of the ones I watched recently that I quite enjoyed was Night Flyer. 
Yes, that was really good actually, yeah. I enjoyed Night yeah, Flyer. Yeah. It's uh, almost like a um, a compilation of different stories, wasn't it? You know? Or different sort of horror themes. Like an anthology. Yeah, 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 all yeah, yeah. running up. Um, I think, I'm not sure, I don't think that was like a big studio release. I think that was like a direct-to-video release because yeah. that used to be a thing back, like you get now, where you get like direct-to-Netflix. It used to yeah. be you had straight to the video bin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, straight to the discount bin and dark. Yeah. <laughs> so they used to make a mint off them. And yeah, Night Flyers, I'd never seen it before. I'd read the short story, so I was yeah. familiar with it, but I thought it was really good. I thought it looked really well. I yeah. thought it had really good bits of tension in it. Yeah, I've not read the book, but, um, but the film's great. So yeah, Night Flyer is one of the more recent ones that I watched, and possibly, oh I don't know, I'm put on the spot now. Fuck it, we'll go same as Lux, I can't think. Those are all ones okay. that I reckon should definitely watch. What do you like about Sam's Lock? Where's the oh, fuck Sam's Lock? Pet Fucking Sam's Lock. I haven't fucking watched Sam's Lock yet. <laughs> Pet Cemetery. Fuck it, I go with Pet Cemetery. Because I haven't watched Salem's Lot yet. Okay. So, my picks <laughs> for you to watch Cujo, Nightflyer, and Pet Cemetery. Not, <laughs> not Salem's Lot. Don't watch Salem's Lot, just <laughs> But I haven't watched Can't Salem's Lot yet, yeah, I'm still waiting on that one. Yeah. Okay. But feel free to watch it. <laughs> Tell us what it's like. Yeah, and then we can decide to watch it or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so my, f- my top three would be I'd say Pet Cemetery's in there, you know, that's great. Um, Needful Things. I haven't seen Needful Things. Oh, I really enjoyed the book Needful Things. Yeah, Again, a yeah. fucking tank of a book, hmm. and probably written during the eighties when he was off his tits and doesn't remember it or writing it. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed reading Needful yeah. Things. Uh, is that a TV movie or is it like a studio? Oh, um, couldn't tell you. Not entirely sure. Um, it's like an eighties film, you know. Yeah. Could have been directed to video. I think Max von Sydow plays the shop owner. Nice. So yeah, that's pretty cool. I'll have to um, check it out. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Um, and for those unfamiliar with the concept, it's somebody opens up a store in a small town called Needful Things, and he sells creepy objects. You know, like the whole sort of monkey hand. You hold whatever your heart truly desires. Yeah, yeah. It's in this shop. Yeah. And obviously, because people are all bastards, then uh, the heart's desires are normally quite dark and twisted. It's great. Yeah, yeah. well worth reading. So, yeah, definitely check that one out. So it's a pet cemetery, Needful Things, and I recently watched. Sometimes they come back. Which I quite enjoyed. I mean, it's cheesy. It <laughs> doesn't hold up very well at all. Yeah, no, that's with my stinkers pile. Really? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, to be honest, it is a bit shit. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> you stayed awake for that one. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I think this was before I started listening, so I managed to stay awake for more than five minutes at a time. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't get into that one. I tried watching that one recently. Yeah. It wasn't one of the better ones for me personally. Yeah. Um, the idea, I think, was quite well, good. I mean, ideally, I put it in there, but obviously, like you said, it's a bit of a cop out. So <laughs> yeah. I can't because, like, it is my favourite Stephen King story. So, you know, any adaptation of it is going to be in my favourite soft spot. Yeah. Funny enough, there's a scene in Sometimes They Come Back where um, they go into a train tunnel and basically the train crashes into yeah, yeah. a car killing people and some. Key, some key characters that you know helps build the storyline. I won't go into too much detail just in case you haven't read it or seen it. But apparently, when I was doing my in depth research, yeah. it was a story about Stephen King witnessed one of his friends as a child actually get run over by a train, oh, but was so traumatized by it that, like, he's, compl- he's got no memory of it, he's yeah. completely like locked it up. Locked it up. 
which makes me think how locked is it if he's written about it in, <laughs> in a cup yeah yeah but yeah no i thought that was quite interesting but i didn't back it up so i don't know if it's fact don't take it for fact it's just <laughs> like in wikipedia right? it was fucking well wasn't it? it was just a google oh, top okay. 10 stephen yeah. king's page of something probably, probably some weird wordpress fan page yeah, that they're yeah. just making up shit <laughs> to get hits but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on the stinkers then what is the worst Stephen King right. movie you've seen? Well, following on from sometimes they come back. What did you? Why is it in your sickest part, man? What, like, what's what is it about it that you don't like? It's just oh, I don't know. There was something about it. Just didn't grab me as much as other ones, and I think because I've been having a run of to do the podcast, I've been watching quite a few, and so I got through quite a few good ones. I just think it was one of the lesser enjoyable ones for me personally okay. um, yeah so sometimes they come back uh, in terms of being in my stinker pile I went through a binge of watching several recently that I hadn't seen before all new watches so that I'd have something to talk about during the podcast Yeah. so I think just in terms of what do we get through one two three four five six six Stephen King movies okay. I think it was just it's not the worst one out of the six I watched, but it's maybe close to worst. <laughs> second, <laughs> second worst. Right. I think I know what the worst is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be on your list as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on three, should we both reveal our <laughs> stinker pick? One, two, three. The Mangler. mangler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, god, what a fucking terrible movie. It's awful. <laughs> fucking awful. No, I did it was bad, but like it's directed by Toby Hooper. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Mask, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's got the guy that plays Buffalo Bill from Sands of the Lambs as the lead yeah. detective. Yeah. It's got Robert England in it. Yeah. How bad could it yeah. possibly be? Oh really, really fucking bad, apparently. <laughs> How like Robert England is awful. He's <laughs> fucking awful. Fucking terrible. <laughs> Playing this like cartoonishly evil character for no with no motivation. Hasn't just been fucking Stupidly evil for no reason. This cartoonish, evil cripple. Yeah. He's like on in crutches, and I'm not making fun of you know. You can have evil cripples if you want, <laughs> but like, he's walking around on his crutches. Obviously, he's got he's had an accident, which I think relates to the mangler, which I think they briefly cover. But Just for some context, the mangler is this sort of massive machine that. Um, Dries clothes. Dries clothes, yeah. It's like a massive roller dryer, so yeah, it dries, yeah. squeezes everything to get it's it out. It's called the manga because it kills people. Because it's possessed. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got, yeah, you've got the guy, uh, again, I can't remember his name, plays Buffalo Bill in South of the Lambs, you know the guy. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. That guy. Nice. Um, yeah, he's playing the lead detective, and like, he just delivers his lines like he's not even looking at the camera while he's delivering them it's just like he's just like oh yeah this is what I'm supposed to say oh shit what's going on and he's like looking away and like yeah. I don't know he was awful um, but he's also got like a pal who's um, into witchcraft a little bit and he knows everything about manglers <laughs> he's like oh yeah a mangler I used to work with a mangler yeah. oh, oh it could be possessed what what are the chances that he knows a I think it seems his brother-in-law or something. Yeah. So that even you know he's related to a guy that a has worked with Manglers before and knows the make and model. Yeah. <laughs> he's familiar with it, yeah. and b knows about possession and possible Mangler possession. Yeah, possible <laughs> possession of machines. Yeah. The Mangler, like how? Weird. 
<laughs> Why would you draw that conclusion? You've got Stephen King. He's written a lot of fucking weird. Like for me, a lot of his stuff can be a bit hit and miss, especially the short stories. I don't think I've read the Mangler story, wherever it come from. I think I'd remember if I'd read it. Yeah. But wherever it come from, it's fucking nonsense. <laughs> it's not one of his better stories. Maybe, maybe we should check out the story before passing judgment on that. Maybe yeah. it's just a really bad. I mean, unless they completely re. Well, say that. Okay, yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got to go off some sort. It's like that Family Guy sketch where uh, Stephen King's in his published office. Oh, what have you got for me? Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, what about this spooky lamp? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when can I have it? Oh, next week. Fine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he can turn his hand to writing almost anything, yeah. and it will shift copies. Yeah. But yeah, the Mangler is not one of his better ideas. I don't oh, think. God, that was terrible. But yeah, you've got the guy, so the lead can't deliver his lines properly, acting terribly, it's not shot particularly well. Yeah. Um, this bit with the fridge freezer traps the kid's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they're trying to smash up the fridge freezer and it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking swinging that, whatever the fuck it is, he's got his hand around. Like, the death scenes in the Mangler remind me of, um, you remember in Austin Powers? Where that guy's about to go up the steamroller. <laughs> yeah. No, stop! Get his... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, Robert England, he's not very good in it. And that's putting it mildly, just because oh, I like Robert England. Yeah. Um, some of the kills are quite creative. Yeah. Considering it's a man- Oh, and when the mangler comes, spoiler alert, if you're really interested in watching the mangler <laughs> and plan right. on watching it, skip ahead maybe, I don't know, a minute. But here it comes, the spoiler bit. I'm, I'm letting you pause, right? Skipping, whatever the fuck you're doing. If you pause it. <laughs> pause. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> Don't pause. Yeah. Fucking skip. Um, when the mangler comes alive and yeah, starts like, yeah, chasing yeah. him, yeah. it looks awful. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, I'm not entirely sure when the film was made, but it's like it's really 95. bad. 95. Yeah. Fuck. But yeah, it was. Like, <laughs> <All right. laughs> and to top it off, there's a mangler too. Not only yeah, is yeah. this film fucking terrible, yeah. but it must have made enough money to warrant a sequel. <laughs> yeah, that defies all logic. Yeah, so definitely skip Mangler. It's, that's a poop film. Well, I mean, I'd recommend watching it just for the sheer shitness of it. Yeah, if you're going to get a bunch of people together and have a couple of beers and laugh yeah. at some shitty telly, then put yeah. Mangler on. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of Robert England and... Yeah, you, you want to like yeah, you don't want to spy his uh, <laughs> his, his legacy his legacy yeah 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 if you're a fan of Robert England and you want to see him be shit in well he's not very good in most things to be honest he sort of oh we're getting into dangerous territory you're slamming Robert England right. he's great as Freddy and everything else I'm just going to say it he's not very good is he I don't think he's been anything else that I particularly hold in high regard it's like zombies versus strippers. Yeah, he's not very good in that. He's not very good in Mangler. Um, Eaten Alive is again Toby Hooper um, and Robert England. I mean, that's not too bad. He's not bad in that. And that's where the infamous "I'm Buck and I want to I'm here to fuck" line comes from that Tarantino pinched for Kill Bill. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't think there's anything else he's been in outside of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I only seen. He's in the VTV series, the original VTV series, yeah. but I didn't watch that, so I don't know if he's any good in that. But he, must, he must have been pretty good because he got other jobs. Um, what does the magic box say? 
Wishmaster. Have you seen that? I haven't seen Wishmaster. That's pretty good. He was in the Batman TV series as a Riddler. Batman TV series. Maybe one of the animated ones. Yeah. I know he's done quite a bit of voiceover work, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did a lot of Justice League work. And the Spectacular Spider-Man. Spectacular Spider-Man. He's in Lake Placid, the final chapter. The final chapter of Lake Placid, not even like Lake Placid 1 where it was, you know, relatively interesting, not even Lake Placid 2 where it was a terrible sequel, but in Lake Placid... And he was in Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Lake Placid versus Anaconda, that sounds that like a sounds fucking classic. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, so he's, he been, he's been loads of stuff, but I mean, nothing that I've watched or paid any particular attention to. Yeah, he seems to have... You would think with somebody that's done... Well, I don't know if saying that. There aren't many people that make the jump from horror to general acting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, one of the more popular of the horror movie series franchises. You would think the amount of money he's made from that. Yeah. Um, the popularity of the, the amount of face, money. Being the face of that character. Yeah, and is how popular he is that you would get some relatively decent acting roles. Yeah, high profile stuff. Yeah, apparently not. I'm wondering if this is possibly his only Stephen King app adaptation as well. Oh, yeah. oh. Back to the Google box. Back to the magic Wikipedia box. I'm pretty sure it is, to be honest. If you had to pick another stinker, so the Mangler is terrible for numerous reasons. Yeah. If you had to pick another stinker. It was in Dance Macabre. Well, I haven't seen Dance Macabre. I don't know if it was a bit. It couldn't have been. No, it's not based on the Stephen King book. No? It's the Stephen King book. Uh, Dance Macabre was a book about writing. Or about horror writing specifically, right? So it wasn't a sort of a story to tell. It was just his his take on writing. Writing exactly, yeah, and no, that's it for Stephen King adaptations. Anything there? Any other stinkers or honourable mentions you wanna add? I had an honourable mention. Um, have you seen the adaptation of Misery? I have. Oh, I hadn't one. thought about that. Misery, yeah, yeah. yeah, Misery's up there. Yeah, definitely. Fucking good adaptation. Fucking brilliant movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a Broadway show of it with Bruce Willis playing the role of James Caan in okay. Broadway. Awesome. <laughs> like Bruce Willis on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, yeah, no, that's a fucking great movie. Yeah. Actually, do you know what? I'm going to replace Sometimes They Come Back with Misery. I'll allow I it. I'll like, yeah, that's, that's a good swap. Yeah, I completely forgot about Shit, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think now. I was struggling earlier to think of, you know, various other Stephen King movies. Oh, Brian De Palma's Carrie. Yeah. Carrie's a great fucking movie. Yeah. And there's one that we've completely forgotten about. Well, let's talk about Carrie first. <laughs> <laughs> but one that we're both going to kick ourselves. <laughs> oh, I'm curious now. But yeah, no, Carrie. Um, again, one of his earlier, I think it was his first book to be published in, yeah, under yeah, his was, name. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Carrie was one of the first ones I read as well, mm. and fucking brilliant. The casting in the original Carrie, because they had a remake recently with... They did, yeah, with um, Chloe Grace, Grace Moretz. Yeah, the one out of Kick-Ass, yeah, Hit that, Girl. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched that one, though. No. It's pretty good. I'd yeah. I I check, I check out definitely. I think it's on Netflix, we'll have a gander. Yeah. But yeah, um, Carrie, for those of you not familiar, oh, everybody knows Carrie. But yeah, for for, the, for one or two of you that might not be familiar, um, it's about a young girl that as she flowers into being a woman, develops what's the what's the term? Telekinetic. Yeah. Telekinetic is that the one? What's, tele, what's the difference between telekinetic and telekinesis? They're both the same. 
Both the same, just yeah, it's yeah. in context. Some you think years. I'm telepathic? Right. I'm That's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> telekinetic and telekinesis are both exactly the same thing. I'm so smart. Moving shit with your mind, That's it. So she develops this ability to, you know, yeah, be able to start moving shit with her mind, except she gets bullied and so on and so forth, so she loses her shit. But definitely worth checking out. Yeah. What's the one with the we've missed that should be up on the list? Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> The Shining. <laughs> I was thinking when you said about it, I was like, oh, what could it possibly be? And I was like, oh, I bet it's going to be The Shining. Yeah. I'm not a massive fan of The Shining. Shut up, will you? I don't know if it's because um, when I first watched it, I mean, it's a very, in terms of, uh, it looks, it's a very beautiful film. It's yeah, fucking yeah. acting and it's incredible. But it was just something about it that just didn't appeal to me. Um, okay. I don't know if it was because I read the book first and there were quite a lot of differences. Yeah, it wasn't so what I was... Read the, book? So the book is, is, is a lot different. Um, <clears throat> and I believe when I was doing my awesome research that <laughs> there was a note that Stephen King, you know, thought The Shining was very good, but it's not his Shining. Right. Um, which I agree with. There's, there's a lot of stuff. The Shining book is very much um, a ghost story. There's a lot more weird spooky shit going on yeah, whereas in this Jack Torrance, yeah, shit, like. the film concentrates a lot more there are you know references to the ghosts and various things that, but it's sort of more delivered as it's Jack Torrance losing his shit yeah, yeah, yeah. and you get little Danny that's picking up on these strange spooky vibes because yeah. of his shine yeah. but um, <clears throat> yeah I think I read the book first and then went into the film and it just it just didn't work for me. In terms, I don't know. I don't think it like quite resonated in terms of being a horror movie either. I thought yeah. it was more as a almost like a thriller okay, yeah. type thing, like a psychological thriller. Yeah, it's more yeah. of showing the descent of into madness. Yeah, and you know Jack Nicholson is fucking incredible. One of his greatest roles of oh, all yeah, time. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who the woman's name is. that's in it. Ah shit. Um, but she's kooky as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Jack Jack Nicholson definitely makes that film, and again, his descent into madness is I. He just portrays that character really well, like from being just this angry bastard to this fucking nutcase. The, the process of that, I think, is done really well. It's captured really well. Yeah. <clears throat> and the whole alcoholic. Yeah, like the the scene at the bar. Yeah, it's it's, it's good. The, it's a good movie, but for me. Being a Stephen King adaptation, it didn't really work. Okay. Um, but that's just my opinion. Oh, I love I love the Shining, to be honest. But again, I've not read the book, so maybe if I did read the book before that, then maybe my. I uh, definitely recommend be... picking up the book. Um, it's one of my preferred ones. I'll, we'll talk about the books one in another episode. Yeah. But it's definitely worth a punt. Um, we're back on the movie track. Did you no, read? Um, sorry, no, sorry. Um, yeah, back on the movie track. Mm -hmm. Speaking of The Shining, Doctor Sleep is no, 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 Doctor Sleep. Sleep. I believe is in development. They're going ahead with Doctor Sleep. Yeah. <clears throat> and Doctor Sleep is basically the sequel to The Shining. Um, oh yeah, I'd read about it, but I've not actually read. Yeah. It. We start following Danny around as an adult, trying to deal with his own addictions. Okay. And the book it was. Had some interesting concepts in it. Um, obviously, he's tried to do a different story to The Shining, but include Danny. So again, when I read it, I'm not sure if I was expecting more ghost story yeah. than what's, what's there. Okay. 
but it'd be interesting to see who they cast in and who's going to be in it and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, did you see the dark half? I did not. No. Read it? I have read it, yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favourite of those books. Um, again, I read that one quite young. I watched the film recently and um, they did a good job with it. You know, I adapted it quite well. Uh, the lead character's great in it. For those unaware of what the story's about, it's about some guy who is a writer. He does a lot of, like, write sort what of, you know. Yes, yeah, <laughs> well, it's The Shining. Thing. The Shining is, you know, his yeah, dealings with alcoholism. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Dark Half. I think The Dark Half was the book that he released to Stephen King after he was discovered as Richard Bachman. Yeah, yeah. So when he decided that, you know, I'm killing off I'm Richard Bachman, it tied up to the story yeah. for Dark Half, which yeah. is really clever. Yeah. So it's about an author that um, writes under a pseudonym and he gets outed, so then he decides to kill the pseudonym. Like, and he does it in this weird publicity stunt where they're next to a gravestone and um, they sort of have photos of like the gravestone with his pseudonym written on it but then the pseudonym comes to life and starts killing people around the, the author yeah good film i enjoyed it i have to check that one yeah what about thinner i read thinner <coughs> but i haven't watched it i watched it the other day um it's good although i mean the story is about some guy who's really big quite fat um Gypsy Curse, Curse him to become far oh, thinner. I remember it being on TV as a kid because he's getting a blowjob in the car, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Runs over a gypsy person. And she lays a curse on him. Lays a curse on him. And um, the curse is to become thinner. So he starts losing weight really rapidly. And people around him start dying of the same gypsy curse, well, of similar gypsy curses. And uh, the story is about him trying to get this curse lifted. Um, the film's okay. But in the beginning, you can tell it's a guy in a fat suit. <laughs> <laughs> Good effect, sir. Yeah, well, they're not bad, but it's just that element for me kind of ruined it. It's like, okay, he's clearly wearing a fat suit. It's I mean, obvious. Obviously, obvious. They're, they're not going to get an actor who can put on that much weight and then lose it through the course of a film. You know? oh, if it was made these days, they would, I reckon. Well, CGI could do it. Oh, yeah, they could do that. Because what was, there was the Jared Leto did the massive weight pile on for... Um, the film about the guy that killed John Lennon, the shot John oh, Lennon. I have not seen it. Yeah, you put a load of weight on for that. Mm. And you've got like Christian Bale dropping loads of weight for the machinist. Genius, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were all like, oh yeah, chomp up. Yeah, what I mean is like he couldn't go from being that fat <laughs> yeah. to that thin. In a short amount of time. Film. Yeah, they yeah. Like over like two years or something. This me just thinking, yeah, it's easy to get fat. You can get fat in no time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the opposite side. Yeah, yeah we've got to finish filming in six weeks. You need yeah. to drop like seven stone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like the, <laughs> there's, there's that element of it, like the whole fat suit thing. But um, other than that, it's, you know, it's okay. It's worth checking out, probably. I remember catching part of it on telly, and I don't know whether it was there was grown-ups in the room, but I specifically remember the fat guy getting a blowjob in the car and then <laughs> again turned off. Either yeah. it was because I shouldn't have been watching it, yeah. and there was parents present, or it was there was grown-ups present, and this is somewhat uncomfortable, so we switched the channel <laughs> to something else. Let's not address the fact that he's getting a blowjob. Yeah, <laughs> let's just ignore. Uh, I'm not going to question what a head's doing going down there while yeah, he's yeah. driving a car. Yeah. I'm just going to switch to he's some other channel. just looking for something on the floor. Yeah, she just dropped her keys. Do you see the Green Mile? I did, yes. Um, yeah, as well as writing and doing a horror movie, he does a lot of... Some of his more popular movies, actually, I'd say, are the more real-life... Yeah, like Stand By Me. Of, and, yeah, Stand By Me. 
yeah, Stand By Me, Green Mile, yeah. Shawshank Redemption, yeah, which is yeah. widely regarded like, as like about the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, widely regarded as like one of for me, I always see Stephen King as like a horror writer. So whenever I think of his movies, I always look for his horror stuff. So yeah, yeah. Shawshank Redemption, great movie. Green Mile, great movie. Stand yeah. By Me, great movie. But they'll never be in like my top three Stephen King movies because for me, it's I'm looking horror. for the horror movies. Yeah, but yeah, those three movies, they're all great. Um, I think Shawshank Redemption is like IMDb's top rated fucking movie. Like or it's widely regarded as one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's great, yeah. I don't know about it being one of the, the, the greatest movie ever fucking made, though. I think that's a bit of a bold statement. Yeah, it is a bold statement, but it'd be a bold statement for any film, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah I suppose. So. Oh, that's got to be, like, quite, you know... He's got to wake up with a smile on his face, only. He? he wakes up in the morning, he's like, yeah, I've sold over 350 million copies. Yeah. Shawshank Redemption, which is based off one of my stories, is widely regarded as one of the greatest movies in the fucking world. Yeah. I am Stephen Edwin fucking King. Yeah. He's clean now, apparently. Apparently, he's clean. Fair enough. Um, I want to add another one to the stinker pile. Another stinker? Go on, I'm all for stinkers. Dreamcatcher. Oh, I've watched Dreamcatcher for years. It's got some really bad CGI in it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's not really the stinker pile. <laughs> it's not that it looks like shit, it's just, no, it's, just shit. it's all over the place. It's ridiculous. Um, but it's got such cool names, like Morgan Freeman in it. Morgan Freeman will oh, never shit, be a stinker. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's awful in that. <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, I don't love Morgan Freeman, but, I mean, shit, that is just, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to spoil it quite heavily because I don't care because it's terrible and I'm just going to watch it. And you shouldn't waste your time watching it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, it's about these guys. They all have this secret telepathic connection. Like The Shine? Yeah, like The Shine, yeah. Another one of Stephen King's tropes, almost. He's um, very big on the whole telekinetic thing, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, so these guys share like a psychic connection and they every year they get together go to this cabin in the woods um, which is obviously like a really bad idea. When does when do good things happen in the cabin in the woods, you know what I mean? Like, think of how many horror films and stories are based on people going to the woods and then bad shit going down. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a positive going to the woods story but there isn't in a film. No, I don't think yeah. there's a single film where even in movies like Public Enemies where they go hide out in a cabin in the woods, they hide in there from the police. It's not because they're, you know, nice people having a nice time in a cabin. Yeah, totally. Even out of horror movies, going to a cabin in the woods is not a good thing. No, never a good thing. I'll fuck going to a cabin in the woods then. Yeah, no, for that. <laughs> so they go to this cabin in the woods and you'd think the story would be about exploring the psychic connection with these four characters you've just got to them. Not that's the special kind of dream catcher movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'm, I'm really, I'm really keen to see if that is a movie now. I really hope not. Because <laughs> you can't make a worse film than that. It's going to be better than the dream catcher. <clears throat> but anyway, um, what I mean is like exploring sort of the difficulties that go through with this like the connection or something like that. Yeah? But anyway, so they go there and then aliens. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's got aliens yeah. in it some way. Yeah. Fucking out of com- fucking nowhere, aliens just come down and start attacking them. And then Morgan Freeman's in it, trying to stop this the spread of this alien corruption. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's been a while since I watched it. Do they use the shine to talk to the aliens, or do they just... I think they do in the end, yeah. But, I don't know, man. It's just, I, I feel like it's all over the place. It's just not a very good story. It's not very well not adapted very well and it's for me I was like okay yeah this 
starts off pretty cool. Then Aliens, for some reason. Then Morgan Freeman being shit. And then the psychic connection where he's talking to the alien and then there's some disabled kid who's now an adult who comes and saves them all by turning into an alien. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, for those of you who can't see, which is all of you, I had a funny look on my face of complete not understanding. Yeah, no, he's, yeah this kid who... I, I think they actually get this psychic power from this kid in the, right. like when, when they're children, you know, and then they grow up with a psychic connection, whatever, they still stay connected to this disabled person. And then they, um, in the end, um, he was destined, this disabled person's destined to save them all, even though I'm pretty sure by this point three of them are already dead. Um, <laughs> and they haven't invited him to the fucking cabin in the first oh, place. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's gifted them with the shine, and they're yeah. like, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. And then, so yeah, nice so then they. Them. Finally remember the disabled guy, go and collect him. And then it's like he's collect him. Yeah, <laughs> they pick him up, you know. <laughs> like they left him somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, time to go collect the disabled yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> left on the side of the road for thirty fucking years. <laughs> anyway, um they go and pick him up and they take him to where the, all the bad shit's going down. He turns into one of these fucking weird aliens, kills the main alien, whatever. Morgan Freeman turns out to be evil. And he's thwarted. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just fell off. Oh, I can go over a terrible film. <laughs> yeah, I'll avoid that one then. Mm. I don't remember it being particularly good when I watched it, but I don't remember it being terrible either. But I think that's the problem we've had with Stephen King movies. Is like I said earlier, they, they've made loads. Yeah. And I think they started off, I think one of the first ones was probably Carrie. So it started off strong, and then you had a series of, you know, mediocre horror movies and then you've had a couple of like stinkers so the know, interest starts off quite quite strong with it was Carrie then The Shining yeah then Carrie Kujo, then The Shining then Cujo yeah that's what I'm saying I think it started off quite strong yeah, but then yeah. they sort of um, almost over they milked it a bit too much they oversaturated so the yeah, so, yeah and you ended up with a variety of quality as well so you got like the big studio ones are good yeah. the direct TV ones not so good yeah. So people are sort of losing interest in the movies, in, in yeah. Stephen King films almost. Um, then when, because, uh, yeah, Dream, for, to have Morgan Freeman in a Dreamcatcher must have been quite yeah. a big budget movie. So for them to drop it with a yeah, yeah. fucking stinker, <clears throat> it's no wonder we haven't seen anything. Well, I'd say now, like looking at sort of a list of Stephen King films, it, look, it doesn't look like it's ever sort of went and even though I said earlier that they, it went from the 90s to like sort of now where they've not been that much it's been quite consistent yeah I think they consistently churn them out but I don't think but they they're the, very the well received like, yeah exactly yeah, they, yeah. They, we haven't had like the blockbusters like it yeah. or you know they haven't been like a massive fuss made over films like you know the Dark Tower was you know mm, it's a yeah. big studio release and saying that a lot of these are sequels as well like Children of the Corn sequels and The Mangler 2 and Firestar to Weekend <laughs> and stuff like that Firestarter rekindled there and watch Firestarter. I have got Children of the Corn, um, 88 films did a box set, um, which has got Children of the Corn 1, 2 and 3 in it. Yes. But I've only watched Children of the Corn 1 and yeah, 1. Yeah. It's okay, we'll watch that as part of it. Because I'm not sure, I think all the other sequels, they're not based off of, they're loosely associated with the Children of the Corn story. I think that's a standalone story. Yeah. The first film covers that and the others are just shitty sequels. Yeah, yeah. Do you know they did a third Mangler film as well? third Mangler film. The Mangler so, Reborn. 
Mangler 1 was 95, did you say? Yeah, yeah. Mangler 2 was... Uh, 2002. 2002, so it was like seven years, and then the Mangler Reborn. Mangler Reborn 2005. 2005, fucking hell. Yeah. I think I might have to check. I do like watching bad movies, yeah. or, you know, not popular movies. Yeah, you've got a much higher threshold for... Yeah, but I do think... I'm, I'm trying to think if I've ever turned off a really shitty movie. Um, oh, what's the one... I say it's shitty, I just turned it off. I'm not going to actually put it with shitty on there because I didn't watch enough of it. Um, there's a Ryan Gosling one where, I don't know, he does something. I can't remember. But <laughs> Ryan Gosling does something. <laughs> he does something in a film. Um, but yeah, that got really slated and was all like, oh, it's really shit. And I was like, oh, it can't be that shit. One's got Ryan Gosling in it and he's bound to not sign up to shit because, you know, he's on a roll. He'd done several good things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one, only one of us something I don't know whatever it was yeah I started watching it and turned it off or like yeah I can't bother it. it's supposed to be shit so I'll leave it there but I try and make a point of like watching stuff from start to finish because you can't really form an opinion until it's finished yeah true it's difficult to like it might pick up um, perfect example is the new Hellraiser yeah. yeah the new Hellraiser starts really strong mm. I really was you know this is it it's back on track it's yeah, doing yeah. everything right yeah and then i started to wane off a bit towards the middle mm. uh, we're getting into like we're trying to tack on a story outside of we're trying to loosely connect everything together for yeah. me it felt like they were trying to do that mm. with the outside world rather than concentrating on cenobites essentially yeah um but yeah stuck with it and it got to the end and i was like yeah overall it's a pretty good movie but you i'd know. say it's the best hellraiser film since sort of hellraiser 3 probably i wouldn't dispute that it's in my opinion anyway yeah. Been a while. When did I last watch three? I think three for me is where it definitely starts going off track a bit. Yeah. Um, because yeah, they tend to they sort of the Hellraiser, 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 <laughs> the Hellraiser franchise came became sort of especially from three on. I think because mm. two we still see more of the Cenobites, don't we? Yeah. Whereas three. Again, you still see you see some new interest in Cenobites because he's the guy that throws CDs. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> yeah. But the franchise from three on, it tends to sort of focus on Hellraiser, on Hellraiser, fucking hell, on yeah, Pinhead. Yeah. Um, which for me, he's a big part of the Hellraiser. Hellraiser, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> that's it. That's what I was going to be redubbed as Hellraiser. Hellraiser. The Hell Razor franchise, I'm going to have to start saying like a rolling my R's just to make sure that I get it. It focus, it's, it's not about Pinhead as such, he's a big part of, but it's about the whole Cenobites and Hell and, you know, that whole concept. Which is why I think this one, the new one, worked really well for me personally. Because it delves into that straight off the cuff, we're straight back into we meet the accountant, I'll um, say his name is. Um... Something like that. I can't remember. Where, yeah, he takes an account of what you've done in your life, you know, and writes it all down and all. There's an introduction of loads of really interesting characters. And yeah, Pinhead is still in it, but he's not sort of the focus point, Yeah. almost. Yeah, yeah. he's not the, the big bad. The lead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cenobite. But I think that, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Um, going back to Stephen King, one of my favourites. Um, I keep on... Since I did the, 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 my top three, I keep on mentioning things that... <laughs> got new ways to add. Yeah, uh, quotes. Um, the Mist. I haven't watched The Mist for years. Um, I remember I watched it when it first came out. Yeah. 
Which was early 2000, is it? It was 2007. 2007. Yeah, sort of early 2007. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I remember watching it when it first came out, but I haven't watched it since. And the guy in it... Thomas Jane? Thomas Jane. Yeah. I think he's fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've seen him in anything that I don't like him in. Mm. Um, he's in The Punisher. Yeah, I liked him as The Punisher. Mm-hmm. All right, he's not very big, but like so, he did the job. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the TV series Hung? No, I haven't. He's in that, and I I've watched the first series. It's one of those, it was on HBO. I don't think it did particularly well, so it didn't really get much of a thing going on in the UK. Yeah. <clears throat> but basically, his wife leaves him, and I think he loses his job. A long time ago, I watched it. But apparently, he's got a big dick, so he That's makes good. a living as, like, an escort. Okay. And it's like him trying to get himself established as an escort, and, right. you know, doing jacking. It's like a comedy thing, but it was, it was good. Hmm. But, um... Yeah, The Mist is also um, Frank Davenport, who, like, dabbled in quite a lot of Stephen King stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, it was Frank Darabont. That's the one. Darabont, Darabont, Frank something. Yeah. But he's associated with quite a lot of Stephen King stuff, I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I remember enjoying it at the time. I think it differs the slightly ending, from... Man. Yeah, from the... Again, spoiler alert, if we're going to talk about the ending. Um, I think we have to. Yeah. It's not a happy ending film, no. which is... I think the ending is genius. Very rare. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, not happy endings with a twist. Yeah. That makes it even less of a happy ending. It's, it's a horrifying ending. <laughs> it is really, like, just soul-crushing yeah. ending. It's like... Should yeah. we spoiler? Talk about it? Yeah, oh, we're going to have to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't remember much of the film, but I do remember the ending. Yeah. And yeah, I like you, you, you watched it so, more recently, so. <laughs> well, I haven't watched it for years, actually, yeah. but um, I thought I'd bring it up. But uh, the, the whole premise of the film is there's this all encompassing mist comes across this town, and um, nobody can see anything, it's just sort of. Engulfs the yeah, entire town. Engulfs the town. Um, so a lot of people are holed up in the supermarket. And anybody tries to leave or goes out into the mist gets killed by some alien thing we don't really see. Some creatures in the yeah. mist. There's a lot of sort of mystery about the the monsters in, in the mist. You know, you don't really see them properly. I think that's one of the reasons it works very well. Mm. <clears throat> it goes back to that old concept and the concept that works really well and if it broke, don't fix it. Yeah. It plays up to your own imagination. You don't yeah. see much of it for a long time yeah so you're left questioning what it is just as much as everybody else yeah, yeah. which works really well in frightening people it gets you so much more invested in it if you can picture something yeah. if you're given you know um for example predator yeah up until you see predator you've got no idea what it is yeah, yeah. where it is yeah what it's doing when the, you get the reveal, of course, you're still shit scared because there's some fucking seven foot built like a brick shit out alien that's got fucking razor gauntlets. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but the whole build up before you see it, before the reveal, is what makes it so effective. And I think yeah. that's one of the things that works really, what they did really well with the mist yeah. is that they, they play on that and you see the, the front windows of the shop. Yeah. You can barely see out. Yeah, yeah. But every now and again, you get like a, a sound of something, yeah, and, you yeah. know. You know, something's up there, like... Yeah, yeah, but you don't know what. Yeah, exactly. Dun, dun, dun. So, um, the whole film is then pretty much in this um, supermarket. 
people occasionally like run up and die. But I think in the end, I can't remember exactly what leads up to this point, but um, they go on this sort of gambit to get out of the town. And it comes to a point where it's just Thomas Jane and his son. He's got a gun, he's got sort of one or two bullets left in it. He's like, right, okay, we can either end, end this ourselves or we can be killed by the monsters. So does he shoot his son? Yeah. Yeah. So Thomas Jane then shoots his son with the intention of then shooting himself. But just as he shoots his son, the army come rushing in and save the day, essentially. Yeah, so it's just as someone was in the family, is he like, is he there with another woman as well? Because I think there's... Oh, I might be, <clears throat> I might be, against the last. But basically, yeah, he sat there, he's got a limited number of bullets and he's, you know, what to do and there's this whole moral dilemma and he eventually, you know, strums up the courage to do it and he either is his son plus maybe others. But as he's sitting there, you know, racked with guilt for what he's done and, you know, you see the fog starting to clear a bit yeah. and the army come in yeah. and it's like, oh, if they'd waited just a bit longer, yeah. oh, it's fucking heartbreaking. It is. It is. It's such a memorable ending to a film, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, no, thinking about it, The Mist is definitely up there. Hmm. But we'll make it a top four, I'll put The Mist in my top okay, four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Another one I watched recently as well is uh, 1408. The Haunted Hotel Room. That's the one, yeah. The yeah. Ghostwriter, I'd say Ghostwriter, he yeah. writes about haunted hotel rooms, yeah. basically trying to debunk them. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen this oh, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you make of it? Enjoy yeah, it? I quite enjoyed it. Um, I watched it again years ago on a really dodgy pirated copy. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think I was. Off on holiday down, my, my parents have got a caravan, so, you know, we go down there now and again. Mm. And there's always somebody at some car boot sale selling <laughs> fucking knock-off <laughs> DVDs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, being stuck in a caravan, there's not a lot to do, and there's not a lot on the telly. Yeah. So quite often pick up a couple of these knock-off DVDs. And, uh, yeah, I picked up 1408. I don't think I'd heard anything about it, but it was yeah. Stephen King's 1408, Samuel Jackson, John Cusack. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Sold. I'll have some of that. And yeah, I remember quite enjoying it. Um, I think, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. Badass in it, as always. Yeah. Well, John, he's not in that much, is he, really? No, he's only in the, the sort of star trying to dissuade yeah, John yeah. Cusack from doing the, the, the haunted room. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't remember much about it, to be honest, to talk too much about it. Yeah, I mean, well, I watched it recently, um, and it's pretty much just that. John Cusack, author, hears about this haunted... Wanted room in this, hotel, this famous hotel. Uh, tries to get a room there. Samuel Jackson tries to stop him because apparently everybody who goes into that room dies within like thirty minutes or something like that. Nobody's come out of their line. Yeah, And John Cusack persuades him to let him stay in the room, and horror ensues. Ghostly things. Yeah. <coughs> With a watch or? Uh... I, yeah, I'd recommend it definitely. Here we are, folks, another one worth a watch. Speaking of John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson, have you watched The Cell? They're in that together. That was a relatively recent no, one. No, I haven't seen that one. Somebody tried to sell me the idea of The Cell, I tell you to fuck off. Right, okay. Um, it sounds terrible. It's basically a virus that is spread through mobile phones. Okay. But it's like, um, the idea is not terrible, but like, oh, I, don't, I say the idea is not terrible. Uh. The science behind the idea is quite clever, but like in terms of 
trying to sell the idea. Oh, there's a there's a frequency that comes through on your mobile phone that drives you fucking nuts. It scrambles your brain. It's a bit like meh, meh. meh. That's not really like a horror <laughs> story, is it? It's yeah. just a you know. Well, actually, what it does it turns you into like um, you essentially develop a sort of primitive hive mind, right, okay. and you lose your shit on everybody that's not being changed by the cell signal. Yeah. So you've got people trying to survive during this essential, I want to say it's not quite a zombie apocalypse, but they're running around screaming, fucking chasing you, monster, zombie type things. Yeah. I think 28 days later okay. type of critters, but in a hive pack mind, so you know, there's loads. But the really interesting thing I quite liked about it was they sort of do a, a role reversal um, with the whole relationship to day and night. Yeah. So usually, you know, or it would be a case of they come out at night. But in this, it's like a role reversal, so they come out at yeah. day, so okay. it's safer to travel at night. Right. I thought that was like a nice, delicate touch. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Um, and they use it to their advantage, because basically it works the, the... I call them the fucking zombies. They're not zombies, we'll call them zombies. Yeah. The zombies, like travel in herds, flocks, whatever, you know, you want to call it, yeah. during the day, and they sleep at night, so the people just, they can move around in the night relatively free, but they're constantly trying to move away, and, but I think, I don't think that was like a massive studio release, I think that was like a sort of director video, okay. but uh, it's one of the better ones as well, actually, uh, oh, I th- check out. worth checking out. Christine is another one I watched recently. Um, I've read the book, uh, Christine, I've not seen the adaptation. Yeah, it's John Carpenter, so it looks very pretty, and it's some, um, you know, awesome John Carpenter synth thing going on. Nice. It's not a bad crossover. The, some of the special effects in there, uh, they're fucking great. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Christine, it's about a car that's, again, essentially possessed, so oh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe the mangler come about because Christine did so well and got turned into a film. He's like, yeah. I know, we're the big machine that can hurt people, shall I use? I know, and he's a fucking industrial dryer yeah. mangler. Um, but yeah, no, it's just... Mr. Manglis had two sequels. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think Christine had any, did it? Yeah, so uh, it's basically a fancy old-school American car. I can't think... I'm not very good. I'm not a car Is guy. Is it a Cadillac or something like that? Yeah, it's more like a big old Ford-type thing, yeah. Um, but it's a nice, yeah. you know, a 1950s American-made yeah. motor car. Brits possessed by or it's got consciousness that's evil it doesn't really explain why the car does these things but it does these things anyway this young boy this uh nerd who's weedy and bad skin and everybody picks on him and nobody likes him ends up buying this piece of shit car because when he buys it it's all fucking ruined and tries to build it back up from scratch and then all of a sudden he becomes this not so weedy, not so spotty, everybody suddenly loves him kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a lot of um the special effects really shine. There are bits where the car, you know, damages or gets damaged and then it starts to rebuild itself. Yeah, yeah. And some of those scenes look really good. Um definitely one for a punt if you're a John Carpenter fan and even if you're a Stephen King fan. I know a lot of people will be all like, meh, kill a car, not really for me. Yeah. I understand that. You know, I, I only watched it recently because it was John Carpenter, and he was oh, look, what well, we're releasing on Blu-ray, a John Carpenter movie, and I was like, yeah, Sweet. I love that. Yeah. 
Oh, another one of my favorites, actually thinking about it. Um, and it's very un... Like, nobody's fucking seen it. Yeah. Which makes it a bit shocking. I would have thought it would have had a resurgence, considering how popular a certain character in there is now. But basically, um, Apt Pupil. That was on my list to watch. I didn't get around to it. Apt Pupil is fucking great. I love that. I, I think, again, it was... Uh, Stephen King's apt pupil, so I picked it up yeah. um, from the video shop and watched it. And it's got our good friend Gandalf in it, Ian McKellen. Right. I can't think of his fucking name <laughs> there. Our good friend Gandalf. Um, yeah, Ian McKellen's in it as well as I'm not sure who the boy is, I don't think he went on to do much else. Um, but basically, he's interested in, I think they're covering it in school, um, Nazis and Nazism and the rise of the Nazi party and the Second World War and all the rest of it. Yeah. And he's adamant that Ian McKellen is an ex-Nazi soldier, like a general from one of the camps that's hiding. He's one of the wanted that are escaped. Okay, yeah. And basically he confronts him and, you know, says to him, you know, I want you to tell me everything or I'm going to go to the police with all these details I've got from you. Yeah. So it's quite interesting seeing Ian McKellen play like a fucking nasty, horrible mm. role. Yeah, yeah. Because the more he starts telling these tales of about the camps and the things he did and the people he hurt, the more you see him, he becomes gradually more sort of confident yeah. in himself. Again, he's not just this frail old man that's good for nothing. He like he remembers the power he had and he begins to like you can see him sort of yeah. really like fondly remembering these times and yeah. starting to feel empowered by these things that he used to do mm. and uh yeah he's a fucking wicked nazi like wicked and like he's a great piece of shit <laughs> he's, he's 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 i don't think i get my point across he's Are a bad guy say he's a good nazi <laughs> he's, he's a he's a great actor he makes a good nazi that's, that's what i'm trying to say there, there is no such thing as a good nazi yeah. but he plays yeah, say, a fucking great nazi yeah. Come across as a bit of a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not Nazi sympathizer. He's he's a great piece. He's a fucking great. He plays a great Nazi. <laughs> right, okay, Let's okay. just leave it there. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. like Nazis. Nazis are bad people. Yeah. But so just to clarify, Nazis are bad. Nazis are bad. Ian McKellen's a good Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does that clarify? I don't know. Have I just made it worse? Maybe, yeah, no. <laughs> but, yeah. So here we are. We've got some stinkers for you to avoid and some. I mean, this episode, I think, was a bit all over the place, wasn't it? <laughs> Whereas we were remembering them, then we were coming out, and there's a lot of Wikipedia checking. Yeah, we're all about the Wikipedia checking. That's where we get most of our information yeah. from. So any queries, don't badger us and bitch about inaccuracies, because we don't care. We, we, we clearly don't check our sources. Yeah, we, we, we sort of glanced at some stuff. Yeah. And, you know. Gave our really vague opinions on <laughs> Yeah, on stuff. There's some good films, there's some bad films. Watch them. Yeah, all. Because you've got nothing else to do with you. Just watch films. <laughs> Quit your job, watch films. Yeah. And tell us what you think. Yeah. And then if we haven't watched it, we haven't got to waste our time watching it, have we? Yeah. Let's waste your time. <laughs> Which you clearly are by listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I think we're about done. Yep. About done on the Stephen King movie episode. Yep, so the next episode then we'll talk a bit more about the books we've read of Stephen King and our opinions on those. Uh, I think we'll aim to do some sexy reading. I think if we find the ones that we like, we'll sort of read the blurbs a bit. Do you know, I've read quite a few Steam King books, but I don't actually own any Steam King books at the moment. Just do what I did, go around Amazon and screenshot it. <laughs> <laughs> As part of my research and preparation for the Steam King book episode, yeah. I was literally right, what ones do I like? The Shining. 
about the book, blurb bit, screenshot. So that it's there ready for me to read off. Right, okay. <laughs> so we're not actually going to do any reading in preparation for the next episode. We're just going to look at the blurbs on the back of books and then go for That we've already book. read. So you've okay. already done the reading. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're just going to... That makes sense. I think it'll work well as like a, a prompt for, you know... Yeah. Reminding ourselves, jogging our memories. Okay, yeah, that's good. Because we attempted to record the Stephen King book episode a while back, and he was like, "Yeah, so uh, Pet Cemetery, you read it? Nope, oh, I did. Yeah, it's it good. good. Yeah, it's about a pet cemetery. Cool. Yeah. So, what did you read? I read it. It's good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, good. Yeah, for fifteen minutes. <laughs> decided, okay, maybe we need to do a little bit more research on that. Which is why we decided to do the movies one first. I think it was a bit more... It's easier to remember movies because mm. it's a little hour tidbit rather than 14 yeah, weeks than, yeah. of hacking away at Tommy yeah. Noggers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the stand. And not really enjoying it all that much. Okay, yeah. Just wasted 14 weeks of my life. But yeah, there we are. That's it for this episode. Next week, as mentioned, Stephen King books episode. Uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter. At Ghoulies Podcast. Uh, if you find the Goodies podcast page, you'll also find links to our own personal Twitters. Yeah. Um, feel free to bombard us with some stuff. Um, personal preferences, Stephen King movies, ones you missed out, ones that we shit on that you like, or just, you know, any old fucking nonsense. Um, I'd spend a lot of time bored, so you might get a response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're more likely to get a response from recently off from me, to be honest. Yeah, I work more <laughs> sociable hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tend to sleep a lot. <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. See you next time.